Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Backseat Drivers. The only Formula One podcast with predictions, highlights, and deep dives from two of the least qualified people. Welcome back to Backseat Drivers. I'm your host, Bob, and sitting alongside me is Jennifer. Hey, Jen. Hey, Bob. Have you seen Lewis? Why, no, I haven't. Have you? No. Anybody? Anybody out there? Has anyone seen Lewis? Nobody has. For quite a while. And it looks like we won't still for a number of weeks, um, if at all, from what it sounds like, because, again, we've talked about how the... Um, World Sports Council meeting is now not going to be until after or or two days before the start of the season. Two days before the start of the season. Yeah. Are so, you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and so he was saying, um, or they were saying perhaps that he would not speak publicly until the decision was made on what happened at Abu Dhabi. Not like there's anything to even talk about because Abu Dhabi is just one race. It's over, it's done, you know. Yeah, no, it's not going to change anything. It's but. not going to change everything, anything. Everybody said, I mean, it's not going to change the result. It's going to change things going forward, mm-hmm. but it's not going to change anything with respect to that, the race that was run in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So he really shouldn't be like hanging around lurking in his uh in the shadows or in his uh groundhog hole (laughs) (laughs) um for us to see um you know is he gonna pop his head out or not um six more weeks of hiding Mm -hmm. until the start of the season yeah well according to the daily mail he was spotted in in la oh he was yeah getting into his one of his white uh convertibles Ah, okay. Well, I mean, he is working on an F1 movie with Brad Pitt. Uh, don't know exactly where that stands. Um, obviously, it's early days, but, you know, maybe he's living the L.A. high life now. And Yeah, he was spotted wearing a casual tee and <laughs> coming out of a skincare boutique. Oh, my God. Who cares? Who cares? That's so funny. Wow. I mean, that's just really sad if people... I mean, I know people do do care about that kind of stuff paparazzi watching Mm -hmm. so i guess i guess maybe we should be happy that he's at least out in public and you know showing his face whether that be for the good of f1 or hollywood or neither right but yeah the other theory that that's been floating around from actually jacques villeneuve neuve jacques villeneuve jacques villeneuve there you go um in a 
couple articles from Motorsport Weekly and GP fans and a whole bunch of other ones said that Lewis is kind of trying to distance himself from Toto, from some of the comments Toto's made uh, during and after the Abu Dhabi race um, because it was damaging to Toto's image and Mercedes and Lewis ultimately. Really? So I wonder what kind of comments that might be. Like, does Jacques say what comments of Toto's? I think it's the Michael, Michael, the safety car. Oh, do you mean so just how um, Toto was fighting so hard for Lewis to be able to essentially win? Yeah, he described it as there's, you can lose in style. Instead, Toto behaved like someone who plays Monopoly. Oh, is that what Jacques said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he's losing, he threw his arms ah. upside down and throwing his headphones and everything. So he's getting really excited. Yeah. Well, I so. mean, Jacques Villeneuve's never been one to mince words. Um, you know, I loved his driving style. Um, care a little bit less for his uh, personality <laughs> at times. But I, I like the rebe- the rebellious nature um, that he has and his... Um, his rebel ways. So, I mean, that's definitely funny to, to hear um, that perhaps that's the reasoning. I know Toto has spoken to the media again. Um, it was January 12th now. He did a, a more lengthy interview, and he said that it's really an indictment on the whole of F1 if the greatest driver ever decides to retire at this point in time. So, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But, you know, whether Lewis retires or not, um, we do know that there is still a lot to come with respect to the fallout of Abu Dhabi. So, you know, on the note of Abu Dhabi and the the fallout, I know for sure one of those people, they're all going to be quite interested to see what happens. Mm -hmm. But um, in amongst them, of course, Zach Brown, um, CEO of McLaren. And he he said, you know, he hopes that the recent election of the new president really provides the opportunity for some collective reform for F1. And, you know, he said that obviously the focus is on Abu Dhabi Mm -hmm. as it as it should be. But what he said was, in his opinion, and this was penned in one of his um, blog posts to the public. Okay. He said this was more of a symptom rather than a cause and he said there have been systemic issues around alignment and clarity on who makes the rules how they're followed how they've been manifested and he actually said in the past few years in a couple of ways and he not only discussed abu dhabi but he mentioned as well the 2020 australian grand prix grand prix and um the 2021 belgian with uh, a lack of preparation, um, temporary inertia on solutions. These are his words. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, hopefully that the investigation will not only focus on Abu Dhabi, but the whole system as a collective. Right, yeah, because no matter what side of the fence you're on with Lewis or Max, one thing I think everybody can agree on is the inconsistency throughout the year. Oh, absolutely. And he said, you know, there's no way that it, it's acceptable. It can't it can't carry forward. Um, no one's happy with the inconsistency in the policing. It's been, however, also habitually exploited by mm-hmm. certain teams. And <laughs> he did not name those teams. 
but um, he has come out and said before that the teams have too much power um, and that power needs to be reduced. And so hopefully this will definitely um, be discussed and be part of this investigation. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that, that he took the opportunity to kind of critique in his blog post was the budget cap. And he thinks that a couple teams, not saying who, <laughs> um, are actually using the expected addition of more sprint races mm -hmm. as a way for them to increase the budget cap because the more technical things that happen, you know, the more potential for crash, et cetera, the, the more budgets that are um, al allocated to the teams. Like, okay, we're doing this X amount of work more. Right. So you can have a little that, bit more in your budget. That makes sense. Right. But it can be exploited. Yeah, exactly. So he's saying that, you know, some teams currently are able to hold the sport hostage. Um, they're gaining their own and gaining and protecting their own competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, from what's best from the fans and the sport at large. Right. So, you know, it's interesting because I actually really enjoyed <laughs> the sprint races. Um, I know not everybody did. You know, it was pretty divided out in the F1 world. Let us know what you think, folks. Um, what did you think, Bob, about the sprint races? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Being <laughs> Unfortunately, I thought it was just, I, and I know it's the nature of the sprint races that it's only a, um, a obviously 15 or whatever laps it, it was, but it was just getting going and getting exciting and then all of a sudden it's over. Yeah. Um, that, that was my biggest thing, but obviously that's what it's meant to be. It's not supposed to be a, a full-on race. Um, but it, it did shake things up a little bit. Yeah, and I liked I liked that element of surprise and shaking things up. And um, so, you know, depending on what happens with the sprint races and the budget caps, et cetera, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to look to Zach Brown for some more uh, intelligent commentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I do, I think he's a very intelligent CEO, um, and I really like the way he runs McLaren, at least to an outsider's perspective. Right. Uh, it seems to be great. So, um, of course, I know nothing about running a multi-million, billion-dollar <laughs> corporation, um, but uh, I like him. I like him as a person, like listening to him talk. He seems mm -hmm. very intelligent, very knowledgeable, and fair but also like no bs mm -hmm. so yeah we'll see what we'll see what transpires after that so one of the things that needs to be discussed i think is if hamilton does retire who takes a spot now one of the rumors that's been floating around is Ocon. that's incredible wouldn't that be something mm -hmm. complete shake up over there yeah now esteban um if nobody's gone back and watched Drive to Survive, which I find highly unlikely at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's people who have just gotten into F1 by watching Drive to Survive and welcome. Um, feel free to make yourselves at home. Please do go back, though, and follow the history of the sport before Drive to Survive um, began, because some people are like, oh, Lewis Hamilton's the greatest ever, you know, but you were not alive during the Schumacher era. <laughs> but anyway... Um, or Senna, for that matter. Um, but, you know, before before Drive to Survive, honestly, I didn't know a lot about Esteban Ocon. And um, just watching his humble beginnings and 
how hard he works and everything. Like I really came to appreciate him very quickly Mm -hmm. and he seems like a really great guy and talented. So that, that would be, that would be something that would be something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) And then wouldn't that throw Alpine for yet another wrench because drum roll, please. (laughs) We have had news since our last podcast now it was so funny because the last podcast we were talking about excuse me how otmar just announced despite previously (laughs) denying (laughs) that he was going to leave aston martin and then lo and behold the day after we launched the podcast uh there were some changes Uh, one shake up Mm -hmm. first at alpine then three days later another shake up at alpine so, yeah, the first person with whom they parted ways was Marcin Budkowski, who was the executive director. And, you know, he's been with um, Alpine slash Renault for, he had been, rather, for four years. Yeah, and so, <clears throat> you know, he stepped up when Cyril Abitiboul left, obviously, Renault, and, uh, and it transitioned to Alpine. Um, so he was he was really kind of only in the more um, driver's <laughs> seat, shall we say, <laughs> um, for one year. Um, and they have parted ways with him. So then three days later, it was announced that four-time world champ Alain Prost left his role as non-executive director at Alpine. So, I mean, that was pretty shocking. He had been in an in an advisory role with Renault since 2017 and became a non-executive director a couple years later. And, um, you know, of course, everybody massively respected his his input and experience. So it was a shock to see that he's left as well. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, with Budkowski and Prost out, there are also rumors um, about, of course, um, oh my God, Otmar, Otmar coming in. But, you know, it remains to be seen. We still don't have the news on that yet. Um, but so it's understood that Prost had a, an annual contract with Alpine. And we, um, it's interesting the way that things are presented in the news, of course. There's always two sides to every story. Prost himself took to Instagram to say, quote, I'm very disappointed how this news has been announced today. It was agreed that we would announce together. No respect. I have refused <laughs> the offer made to me in Abu Dhabi because of a personal relationship, and I was right. Wow. So. So. Bomb. Whoops. Bomb dropped, mic dropped. <laughs> so, um, yeah, folks, stay tuned for what's to come from Alpine. And um, sounds like things are getting a little heated all around here in F1. Yeah, there could be, before the, uh, before the start of the season, there could be a whole bunch of changes. Because yeah. if one person moves, then it's, it's going to shuffle a whole bunch up. So, yeah, lots could be happening over the next few weeks uh, into the beginning of March. So, um, you know, if indeed, for some reason, Esteban Ocon goes from Alpine 
to uh, <laughs> to Mercedes. Like even saying that sounds really, really weird. And then um, you never know, like if Mick ever has to leave uh, Haas to go to Ferrari since he's been named as a reserve driver. And then Antonio Giovinazzi is technically still a reserve driver, I think. But if he can't um, fulfill his commitments, then Pietro Fittipaldi would be brought up, brought forward. So yet another person to be brought forward into an F1 team. Right. Yeah. So there's lots going on. Lots of lots of speculation. Lots of rumors. What else do you got? So, I mean, really, we're still waiting for a lot of news to come out, but I mean, that's a lot of news already this week. But there's one thing that um, came up a little while ago, and it was actually uh, January 10th, I think, was the article. And I forgot to, to address it because there's so much going on. But PETA, the um, people for the ethical treatment of animals, Actually, not the delicious meal. Not the, not the meal, not P-I-T-A. <laughs> PETA, PETA, um, they sent a prop of a, of a dead dog. What? Yeah, but still, who does that? They sent, they sent a fake dead dog to Stefano Domenicali. Now, why would anybody in their right mind do that? Well, we can't talk about that if it's the nutsos from <laughs> PETA, PETA, PETA. But what they, the reason is, okay, so Liberty Media Group mm -hmm. acquired the Formula One racing group back in 2017. Okay. So it, the deal was approved. They started the, the process in 2016. The deal was finalized in 2017. So Liberty Media Group also sponsors the Iditarod. So now you can see where I'm going with this, right? So even though um, Stefano Domenicali has nothing to do with the Iditarod, he is the current boss of Formula One, which is part of Liberty Media. And PETA activists remain enraged by the race across Alaska's tundra for the, the dog sled race that's held um, annually. Um, so they sent him a letter and... <laughs> I guess he, we're getting the letter right now. <laughs> Sending it to us too. Apparently that was not the letter. It was something else. That was good timing though. Yeah, that's really <laughs> funny. So, yeah, they sent him a letter detailing um, how hundreds of dogs have been injured or died over the years during the Iditarod and asking for him 
to put pressure on the parent company to cancel their sponsorship of the race. So, I mean, it's not Stefano's no. place to do so. Um, it's just insane. I mean, they could definitely talk about it, I suppose, but uh, they have not yet joined other big companies who have condemned the race, such as Exxon Mobile, because we all know how good they're they are to the people in the environment. <laughs> um, but this is funny. Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola have canceled their sponsorship of the Iditarod. What? Yeah. So. How are they going to keep warm now? I know. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. So it was a prop, but it's still pretty insane. That that yeah that is crazy. Yeah, we'll see what other craziness comes forth as uh, the news changes in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, I know I know Esteban Ocon has said that he is still happy and fully with Alpine, but he does still have those connections, and despite um, being fully committed to Alpine, he. Um, has not cut ties with Toto and Mercedes. Mm -hmm. So um, he has no comment on the, the the future for now. Right. It will be a mistake for him to say anything. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I think that's about it for today. Yeah, well, that, that's a lot. That's a lot of news, folks. Uh, what did we miss? What what do you want to comment? Let us know. Um, give us a shout, tweet, Instagram, whatever. And we will see you next time on Backseat Drivers, where we're having fun talking Formula One. This week's episode of Backseat Drivers was produced by Lethologica, written and researched by Jennifer Timer and Bob Homer.